0: She said, follower of Jesus, and she pointed out her husband seated at a table across the restaurant. I think she felt like she needed to address why he didn't come over with her to say hello. She explained he wasn't upset about her decision to follow Jesus, but seemed annoyed by it and didn't understand. I smiled and waved at him. He waved, but didn't smile. His wave was like the wave you give the other driver at a four-way stop when you tell them to go ahead even though you think you have the right of way, that kind of wave. I went over and introduced myself, and we chatted for a minute or two. The next day, I followed up with an email to both of them saying it was good to meet them and to let me know if either of them had any questions I could help with. I didn't hear anything back for a couple of months, and then one day, I was sitting at my desk when I got an email from the husband. He told me about the changes he had seen in his wife. She was kinder and more patient. She seemed more joyful. But instead of being excited about these changes, he was skeptical. Here's a line from his email. She seems much happier now, but I think she's just trying to get me to drink the Kool-Aid. I knew this wasn't a rhetorical email. He was reaching out, but didn't want to say it. I emailed back and asked if he would come to church with his wife and visit with me for a few minutes after a service. We sat in a small room, and I began to tell him the good news of the gospel. I began with Romans 3.23 and made the point that everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's standard. Immediately, he became defensive and said, I'm not that bad. Most people would consider me a good man. See, he thought it was unfair to be called a sinner and be judged by God's standard. Here's the way he put it. How fair is it to set a standard that no one can meet and then say everyone is a sinner? It's like setting up a target that's out of range and then blaming the shooter for not being able to hit it. Well, I started my attempt at a theological explanation of why we were sinners. And I was going to begin with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and talk about how sin entered the world. I think he would have been impressed with some of the terms I was going to use to explain how we've rebelled against God. But before I had a chance to talk about imputation or ancestral sin, his wife interrupted me and asked if she could say something. She didn't wait for my permission. She turned toward her husband and said, do you think it's okay to get drunk and yell at your spouse? Do you think it's okay to lie about your sales numbers? Do you think it's okay to tell your grandson you'll be at his game and then not show up? And she asked him three or four more personal questions that were clearly indicting. His answers to those questions were obvious. And then she said to him, you say it's not fair to be held to God's standard, but you fall short of your own standards. I'd never thought of it that way. We may get defensive when a preacher calls us a sinner, but forget about God's standard for a moment. We can't even meet our own standard. We work hard at convincing ourselves and others we're not that bad, but the truth is we are worse than we ever imagined. The more you push back on that, the more you push back on experiencing God's grace. If we miss the reality and the depth of our sin, we miss out on the grace of God. As long as we think, I'm not that bad, grace will never seem that good. We usually come to the conclusion that we're not that bad a couple of different ways. One way is that we compare ourselves to others. It's not that we claim to be perfect, but when we compare ourselves with others, what we've done doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. And of course, when we are judging ourselves, we usually give ourselves a big break, Compared to what a lot of people are doing, our sins amount to a little more than jaywalking and loitering. We dismiss our sin and our need for grace by comparing ourselves to others. But do you know what you're doing when you compare yourself to other people and feel superior to them? Yep, you're sinning. And it's likely that from where God sits, your pride and self-righteousness are uglier than the sins of the person you just compared yourself to. Another way that we feel better about our sin is we weigh the bad against the good. Last year, I read a New York Times interview with New York City's former mayor, Michael Bloomberg. At the time, Bloomberg was 72 years old. He was being interviewed just before his 50th college reunion. Bloomberg talked about how sobering it was to realize how many of his classmates had passed away. But the journalist, Jeremy Peters, observed that Bloomberg didn't seem too worried about what waited for him on the other side.